Epstein's List. No, not Schindler's List. Epstein's List. Red Meat, back on the menu. And Lost Loved Ones and Your Dreams. There's a message there. I know, it's a weird story, but we got that coming up. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Welcome to Malaysia, where I think we're going to rename it Malaysia Copa County. Because we're just not that... uh, If you're familiar with American politics, you know the nightmare, the criminal activity that is going on in Maricopa County. And uh, Malaysia, who's our PM? We don't know. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a while. And it's a nightmare. And I'm I'm not even going to get into it because A, if you don't live in Malaysia, you don't give a crap. And B, even if you don't, it's so complicated, no one can understand it. So <clears throat> good luck with that. Uh, when it happens, I'll let you know. But beyond that, who freaking knows? It's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. Uh, one thing that isn't a nightmare, however, is our favorite little furry friend. Miko Update. Miki, Miki, Miko Update. I have to find a new Miko Update theme song, I think. (laughs) Anyway, she's good. She's great. And actually, she is at the end of her cycle. As you know, we've been reporting here for the last few weeks, three or four weeks, actually, that she has been, uh, she's been going through the process of her cycle. And uh, she was at her horniest just over the last few days. However, now, it's fading a lot. Uh, we saw a couple of her friends tonight, and eh, she was interested, but not as crazy as she usually gets. This was her, by the way, about, uh, I don't know, what, about uh, 3, 4 o'clock this afternoon, I think? Yeah. And you know what? She has a birthday coming up. December 1st is Miko's birthday. She will be three years old. And you know, just today, when I'm giving her her lunch... She sits down in front of her bowl and she's looking at me and we got a nice lighting coming in from the stairway and she's sitting there and she's staring at me because what she wants me to do is feed her. But I noticed today she isn't a puppy anymore. She's still adorable. She's cute as hell, of course. She has the most amazing smile. But she has matured into a beautiful little woman and uh, we... Uh, just couldn't, my heart is full with this little lady. She is, uh, she's great. And yeah, she's going to turn three years old coming up. When is, uh, when is December 1st? Uh, a Thursday. Okay, next, a week from Thursday will be Miko's birthday. So if you want to send her presents, just PM me and uh, I'll send you the address. You can, you can do that. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Actually, if you want to send her a present, you could always go to BarkBox.com. They sponsor the Miko Update, and uh, you give your dog exactly what they want. It's a subscription service. It's available in the U.S., U.S. territories, and Canada. Sadly, not other places. They don't ship internationally yet. But uh, if you've got a forward shipping service, maybe, or a friend in the U.S. or Canada who could ship it to them and then they could turn it around and ship it to you, you sign up for one month, six months, 12 months. If you use our special link, you get an extra month free, BarkBox.com slash Miko. Check it out. What do you get in the box? Well, every month is a different theme. 
and you get uh, three or four uh, bags of dog treats, all natural, good for you, all natural ingredients. You get a dog chew, and you get toys, three or four different toys every month themed, and they're fantastic. Whether you have a small, medium, or large dog, you can specify that when you place your order. And also, if your dog has any allergies to, you know, beef, fish, chicken, whatever, there's a tick box and you just mark that, they'll make sure you don't get it. You will be amazed at these boxes. They're fantastic. Every month there's a different theme. We've shown you this before. Here's the uh, turkey uh, Thanksgiving Day theme, gobble gobble. Given thanks, it's called. And uh, wow, look at that. Halloween party. These are some of the past ones. They've done Harry Potter, uh, Back to School or Bark to School, uh, Star Wars boxes, Stranger Things from Netflix, National Park, Jurassic World, uh, even one for the casino lovers like me, uh, Jack Pot, P-A-W. Uh, so they've got all these past themes, Madagascar, Sweetie Pies Bakery, Slumber Party, Podium Pups. These are great. And uh, yeah, you can check it out. BarkBox.com slash Miko is our link. And you see that little free uh, offer? That's exclusive to the Miko link. A free extra month with a multi-month subscription. You just click there, place your order, and away you go. BarkBox.com is the place. Check them out. Check out the website. Please do. The website itself will convince you that you need to place an order. They're great. And thank you, BarkBox.com slash Miko for sponsoring our Miko update. All right. Um, Before we get into our topics that were listed tonight, We talked about Maricopa Maricopa County, which is like the new Zimbabwe. Um, James Woods, the actor whom I follow on Twitter, uh, he posted this. It's it's making the rounds. You may have seen it, maybe not. But he says when he posted, he said, I'm ashamed to say that I wouldn't give this fellow a second thought if I passed him on the street. Having watched this speech, however, I am now in awe of his elegance and patriotism. And this is the post, and I think I've got the audio set up so it will work. It's about a minute and a half, but it is well worth your time. This is what a great deal of the public is feeling right now in this criminal enterprise known as the elections in Maricopa County. Take Take a listen. Good morning. Once again, the eyes of the world are upon Maricopa County for another botched election. Am I here to accuse you of stealing the vote? Heavens no, for that would make me a terrorist, wouldn't it? Let me ask you, if you took your life savings to a bank and the teller put them in a machine and the machine kicked out one out of four of your bills and the teller said, don't worry, we'll put them in box three over here and we'll let you know how many were in there later. We'll send them off to a separate location and someone will be sure to get back to you and tell you how much money you have. Would you be okay with that? No, you would not be okay with that. Now ask yourself the question, which is more valuable, your vote or your money? 
Now ask a lobbyist that same question. Now ask a campaign manager that question. Now ask Mark Zuckerberg that question, which is more valuable, your money or your vote or your country or this world or the corruption that is taking over every single county in this nation? And then you look into your own soul and you look back at yourself in the mirror and realize that you are the cancer that is tearing this nation apart. Good day. Wow. Wow. That man speaks for a lot of people. Like James Wood said when he made the post, if you saw that guy on the street, you would not pass him a second glance. But what an amazing speaker and gets right to the heart. Absolutely incredible. I, uh, that link is not in our show notes. You can find it, though, online or on your Twitter account if you want. Follow James Woods. He posted it. Stacy Mary, keep up the good work. Hey, thank you, Stacy. Good to see you along there on Facebook. We are live, by the way, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and our main channel, Rumble dot com is where you will always find us Uh, we're on all the platforms and of course this show we are live right now but afterwards we take the audio out clean it up a little bit and we send that out as a podcast so if you'd like look look for the jay sheldon show it's the same logo on uh, any of your podcast platforms itunes apple uh, spotify google podcast stitcher radio public we're on all of them geo 7 in india uh so yeah thank you for uh for all your subscribes, we get hundreds of downloads every week in our uh, on our podcast, and we really, really do appreciate that. We do. All right, it's uh, time to move on over to our headline story tonight. Oh my! Oh my! Doesn't begin to describe it. This story broke this week. It's from the. This is an article in the Blaze, uh, Blaze Media, but. Uh, I've been posting about this. I've been tweeting about this forever. Um, The identity... Hang on, let me just close the cookie warning here. The identity of several John Doe's affiliated with Jeffrey Epstein are going to be, if they not already have been revealed, after a judge has ordered the release of more court documents. There is the ex-criminal right now, and the current criminal. Yeah, the judge who oversaw the 2016 defamation case against Ghislaine Maxwell, the disgraced former associate, of course, of Jeffrey Epstein, uh, filed by one of Epstein's victims, Virginia Robert Guffrey, uh, has ordered the release, this is the judge, ordered the release of more court documents which will unveil the identity of several people. Not everybody, sadly. They all ought to be put out there. But several people who had uh, attempted to keep their names a secret. The case already settled. Many of the names have already come out through subsequent court proceedings and other means. Uh, The judge said one of the John Doe's is Maxwell's former personal assistant who faces her own accusations as well, and at least one of them is a victim who has publicly discussed her experiences. Now, for these reasons, the judge, Loretta Preska, determined Friday, just last Friday, a few days ago, 
that public interest outweighs privacy concerns. Yes. And that much of the purportedly sensitive information had already come to light during Maxwell's 2021 trial, and she therefore ordered the release of more documents. That is the headline story from Blaze Media. Uh, We'll follow up on this. We'll let you know if we get a list of names. We'll name them because they ought to be out there. Ghislaine Maxwell was convicted of all kinds of horrible things to a whole lot of clients who apparently don't exist because no one knows who they are. Well, guess what, folks? Now we're going to know who they are. And you can bet your bippy that I will be doing all I can to publicize it because it needs to be public. And by the way, I'm not suicidal. Just want to say that. Okay. You like your meat? You love your meat? (laughs) Vegans may want to turn away. But there is a new study out, just came out, and it finds little to no health risks related to eating meat. So, ha ha ha. I am a big meat eater. I love meat. That, to me, by the way, I'm not big on raw like that. You know, I mean, it's cooked. That's how a lot of people take their steak. To me, it needs to be a little more done than that. But to each his own, you do you. A new scientific study claims to have found little to no health risk at all related to eating red meat. Previous studies uh, claim there was a link between red meat consumption and health issues, and this new study says that is based on, quote, weak evidence. Researchers at the University of Washington's Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation released a new study called Health Effects Associated with Consumption of Unprocessed Red Meat, a Burden of Proof Study. It was published in Nature, and uh, they declared we found weak evidence of any association between unprocessed red meat and colorectal cancer, breast cancer, type 2 diabetes, ischemic heart disease. Moreover, we found no evidence of an association between unprocessed red meat and ischemic stroke or hemorrhagic stroke. The studies of the, uh, the authors of the study note, while there is some evidence that eating unprocessed red meat is associated with an increased risk of disease incidence and mortality, it is weak at best and inefficient to make stronger or more conclusive recommendations. So, have a steak, chomp a burger, eat some pork. Well, pork's not red meat, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, read the rest of this study. The article is in our show notes tonight. You can check it out. And uh, to those of you, you know, look, if you're vegan, that's fine. You do you. If you're a vegetarian, whatever your food preferences are. Me, I'm a meat eater. I'm a carnivore. And I will continue and always be a carnivore. Um, And no more of this crap trying to scaremonger people with the idea that red meat is dangerous, leads to all kinds of disgusting diseases. No, according to a new study, you're wrong. 
it doesn't. So put a steak on the grill and eat up. All right. This is a weird story. It's from the Epic Times. I saw this and um, caught my eye. I thought you might be interested in it. It is a story about your dreams and lost loved ones. I know, but bear with me. The link is in our show notes. I'm not going to read the whole article. You can do that yourself if you're interested. Uh, Doctors tell of cases where lost loved ones, people, your loved ones who have passed on, have revealed things in your dreams and they come true. Weird, huh? As many as 20 to 40% of Americans believe they've communicated with the dead. That's a lot. It's a much higher number than I thought it would be. Uh, A lot of studies have reported that. And uh, are all these participants in a state of delusion? Or perhaps have they actually made contact with the other side? Well, despite the comfort these communications may provide, mourners often worry that if they're having these kind of experiences, they might be losing their minds. That, according to Dr. Camille Wortman in her blog, Uh, She got a PhD from Duke, worked for decades as an expert on grief and bereavement. In many cases, they were reluctant to talk about with others the experience, fearing people would think they're going crazy. Uh, That would help explain the societal belief that such communications are rare and that they may be indicative of some sort of psychological problem. Well... In 1995, Dr. Alan Botkin developed a therapy method called induced after-death communication. One of his patients learned something from an induced vision when she saw her deceased friend, which suggests the experience was real and not an illusion. A reporter named Julia Mossbridge had lost her friend Josh in college. This is interesting. Listen, it's fascinating. She'd convinced Josh to attend a dance that he wasn't planning to go to, and he died in a car accident on the way to the dance. Oi. She felt guilty, obviously. Throughout the course of many years, the grief had become relatively weak. Bodkin's method involves getting the eyes to move in such a way that they imitate the rapid eye movement sleep. Almost like uh, lucid dreaming, I suppose. Dreaming occurs during REM sleep. And meanwhile, he helps patients get in touch with the core emotions related to their grief. Simply without pretense, I saw Josh walk out from behind a door in her dream. My friend jumped around with his youthful enthusiasm beaming at me. I felt great joy at the connection, but I couldn't tell whether I was making the whole thing up. He told me I wasn't to blame, and I believed him. Then I saw Josh playing with his sister's dog. I didn't even know she had a dog. We said goodbye, and I opened my eyes, laughing. She continued, Later on, I found out Josh's sister's dog had died and was the same breed as the one I saw in my vision. I still don't know what's real. I do know that when I think of Josh, I no longer dwell on the images of me calling him or him getting in his car, his car getting hit. Instead, I see Josh walking towards me laughing 
playing with an angel dog. And for now, that is the only kind of proof I need. There's more stories in this article. It's fascinating. You must read it. After Death Communications. And uh, check it out. The link's in our show notes tonight. It really is a very, very cool story. All right. How much of you is you? You know the theory that, you know, you shed skin... Well, it's not a theory. It's true. You shed skin cells all the time and, you know, parts of you are being replaced all the time. Missy Bean liked the stream. Missy Bean! (laughs) Hello there, my dear. Great to have you along. Thanks you. Thank you for the like. Be sure and subscribe and like, especially over on Rumble, too, by the way. All right. Um... This is a cool article. This is so cool. Uh, Anyway, as I was talking, you know, you shed skin cells all the time. Parts of you regenerate themselves. You get injured. It heals. If you were to incrementally remove parts of an object and replace them with new parts, kind of like you, at what point would you say that this object is entirely new? This is from BigThink.com, and it's a really cool, make-you-think kind of article. If you've got a second later on, check out, read the whole article, because it's very cool. Uh, The basic question behind ancient Greek uh, thought experiment, which is known as Theseus Paradox. Attempt from philosophers, hard to pin down a satisfying answer. It is a myth by the way, that you get a new body about every seven years. That's a common myth because of, you know, your skin cells shed and all that stuff happens. And there's a myth out there that says every seven years, your whole body is regenerated. Not true. Uh, All different cells last different lengths of time. Colon cells last only about four days. Skin cells, two to three weeks. Neurons last a lifetime. They never go away. Not to mention your tooth enamel never regenerates. So even though the body you are in now isn't quite the same as it was last week or last month or last year, it isn't completely different from the day you were born. Not completely. Still, the myth raises a rather interesting question. If you were to incrementally I love you too, Missy. Thank you. If you were to incrementally remove parts of an object, you take off your hand and replace it with a new one. Take off your head, replace that with a new one, which wouldn't be a bad idea. If you were to do that, at what point are you a new person? Even though the body you're in right now isn't exactly the same, a lot of it is. Um... It may predate him, but the ancient Greek historian Plutarch was the first to write this intriguing thought exercise down. It's called Theseus Paradox, or The Ship of Theseus. Um, It's based on the idea that this guy's ship, where Theseus and the youth of Athens returned, had 30 oars and had been preserved by the Athians down to even the time of Demetrius For they took away all the old planks that were decaying and put in new, stronger timber. And insomuch that the ship became a standing example among philosophers for the logical uh, question of things that grow. One side says the ship remained the same. 
They just replaced the worn-out parts. The other side said, almost all the parts of this ship have been replaced. So it's not the new ship anymore. I know, it's one of those who cares things. But when you get into this article, it's fascinating. And when you relate it to yourself, some philosophers say we are our body. But as we grow older, we get wrinkles, we get gray hair. Good example, this guy. Uh, we develop health problems, we modify our diet, change our look, clothes, hairstyle. And then, of course, there's the good old death. But uh, our outlook on life changes over time. We may become an addict, get sober, find religion, or lose it. And just as we may become jaded or embrace an unbridled optimism... And uh, so we change, and our body changes too. And at what point, if ever, do you become an entirely new person? Not the person, or not the body that you were born with. It's a really weird story, and you should check it out. Read it. The link is in our show notes. That's our description down below there. You can check it out. All right, we got one more to go, and then we're going to move on to our book. We're doing Bambi. Yeah, it's fascinating. And, you know, I always leave you with a good news story because that's what we do, and we want to leave you on an upbeat. Um, we're not leaving because Bambi's coming up. We're going to do another chapter tonight. But uh, this caught my eye and had to share it. The link is in our show notes. This is, look at this picture. There's an old couple and a guy sitting down on what looks like uh, the waiting at a subway or a train station. And the old man is tying this young guy's tie. <clears throat> it's from Pictures in History 2.0 on Facebook. Links in the show notes. This young man was on his way to a job interview. The lady in the red coat noticed him struggling and kind of nudged her husband with an elbow. She then blocked him while he helped this guy tie his tie so he wouldn't be embarrassed about the situation. What a beautiful photo. Don't let evil in this world stop you from showing love to one another. Together we are stronger. So not only does this guy help this young man out tying his tie as he heads for a job interview, but old mama in the background there blocks the view of what's happening so the young guy doesn't get embarrassed. That's teamwork. <laughs> that is so cool. I love that story. Links in our show notes. If you want to, I just read you the description. You saw the picture, but I put those in there because I think sometimes you might want to uh, share them out on your own page, wherever that might be. All right. It is uh, time to move over to our book. We are doing chapter 14 of Bambi, the original, from uh, Felix Sultan, who uh, it was originally written in German, and uh, it's been translated into English. Why is there no picture there? There it is. Okay. <laughs> Wondered what happened. All right. That's the cover of the original book of Bambi. Disney, of course, turned it into a wonderful animated film. And uh, we're reading it. We're up to chapter 14. So far, it's really pretty much followed the Disney film. 
Um, we've done all kinds of books on this show. If you go way back in our streams, our lists on rumble.com, all of our shows are there or YouTube, if you like, um, you can check it out. We've done The Wizard of Oz, The Little Prince, Peter Pan, uh, you name it, uh, Winnie the Pooh. And right now, as we said, we're doing Bambi. And let's move on over. We're at chapter 14. Feline and Bambi, by the way, had fallen in love in our last chapter, just to keep you up to date. (laughs) One day... They were deep in the woods, looking for a little clearing where Bambi had last come across the elder. Bambi told Feline about him with great enthusiasm. Maybe we'll find him again. I really want to find him again. That would be nice, said Feline perkily. I'd really like to talk with him sometime, but she wasn't telling the truth. She may well have been curious, but in fact she was afraid of the elder. The sky was already light gray. The sun was about to rise. They ambled along next to each other into the place where the bushes and wild cabbages stood isolated from the other vegetation, so that there was a clear view in all directions. They heard a rustling not far away. They immediately stopped and looked in that direction. The stag strode slowly and powerfully through the bushes and into the clearing. In the twilight, It wasn't possible to see any colors, and he appeared as an enormous gray shadow. Feline immediately screamed. Bambi took hold of himself. He was, of course, just as startled as Feline, and her scream only made it worse. But her voice had sounded so helpless that he felt pity for her and forced himself to reassure her. "'What's the matter, then?' he whispered anxiously. But there was a tremble in his voice. What's the matter? He won't do us any harm. Feline simply continued screaming. Don't get upset, my love. It's not nice, Bambi urged her. It's ridiculous to always be afraid of these gentlemen. They are relatives of ours, after all. But Feline did not want to hear about their being relatives. She stood there, very stiff stared at the stag as he went unbothered on his way. And she screamed and screamed. Pull yourself together, scolded Bambi. What's he going to think of us? There's nothing that could have calmed Feline down. He can think what he wants, she shouted and went on screaming. Ah-oh, ba-oh! Nobody should ever, ever be as big as that. She continued to scream and went on to say, Leave me alone. I can't help it. I have to. The stag was now standing in the little clearing and looking languidly in the grass for something tasty to eat. As he looked alternately at Feline as she panicked and at the calm and relaxed stag, something rose up in Bambi. The words of comfort he'd offered to Feline had also helped him to overcome his own alarm at the sight of the stag. And now he scolded himself for falling into a pitiful state every time he saw the stag, a state where horror, excitement, admiration, inferiority were all mixed together and made him suffer. Oh, that's all nonsense, he decided with much effort. Now I'm going to go right up to him and introduce myself. 
don't do that, shouted Feline. Don't do that. Something, something terrible will happen. I'm going to do it whatever happens, Bambi retorted. The stag, so relaxed as he picked out all the best things to eat, paid no attention at all to Feline as she continued to scream. It seemed to Bambi he was far too haughty. He felt injured, humiliated. I'm going out there, he said. Just calm down. Nothing's going to happen. You'll see. You wait here. And he actually did go out there. But Feline did not wait. She did not want to wait, not in the slightest, nor did she have the courage to do so. She swung round and ran away, and could still be heard as she got further and further away. Bao, bao! Bambi would have liked to have gone after her, but that was no longer really possible. He pulled himself together and went forward. Through the twigs and branches, he could see the stag standing in the clearing, his head lowered to the ground. Bambi felt his heart thumping as he went out there. The stag immediately raised his head high and looked over him. And then, as if confused, he looked straight ahead. Bambi saw both these movements as very haughty the way the stag had looked at him and the way he was now occupied with looking straight ahead as if there were nobody there. Bambi didn't know what he should do. He'd come out here with the firm intention of speaking to the stag. Good morning, he would have said. My name is Bambi. May I ask what your name is, sir? Certainly, he'd imagined this is flowing very smoothly, and now it turned out not to be as simple as he thought. What was the use here of having the best intentions? Bambi didn't want to seem badly brought up, but that is how he would seem if he came out here without saying a word. Nor did he want to impose himself on the stag, but that was what he would be doing if he started speaking. The stag stood there in indignant majesty. Bambi was alarmed and felt humiliated. He tried in vain to shake himself into doing something, and just one thought kept running through his head. Why should I let him frighten me? I'm just as good as he is, just as good as he is. It didn't help. Bambi continued to feel frightened and felt deep in the heart of him that he was just not as good as he is. Not by a long way. He felt pitiful. He needed all his strength to keep any kind of dignity. The stag looked at him and thought, He is charming, truly delightful, is good-looking, elegant, fine in all of his movements, but I'd better not stare at him like this. That would really not be proper, and I might even embarrass him. And he looked away from Bambi and went on to gazing in the distance. That haughty look, Bambi decided. It's unbearable the way he puffs himself up. The stag thought, I'd like to talk with him. He seems so likable. It's so stupid the way people never talk to each other. And he continued to occupy himself with grazing thoughtfully into the distance. I'm just like the air for him, said Bambi. People like that always act as if they were the only people in the world. 
But what should I say to him? The stag wondered. I've never had any practice in this. I'd say something ridiculous and make a fool of myself, and I'm sure he's very clever. Well, Bambi pulled himself together, looked hard at the stag, so majestic. He thought, still unsure of himself. Well, perhaps another time, the stag finally concluded, and he walked away, unsatisfied, but majestic. Bambi, embittered, stayed right where he was. <laughs> Interesting twist. All right, that's chapter 14. We will move on to chapter 15 coming up in our next stream, which will be on Wednesday night. All right. Hey, be sure you like and subscribe, follow, or wherever you may be listening into the show. Uh, Rumble.com is our main channel. Head over there for a free account. It's all free. You subscribe. Uh, the Jay Sheldon Show, just check it out and hit it in the search bar and you'll find us over there. All of our shows are there, all 290. Oh my goodness, 290 of these bad boys. And uh, also YouTube, Twitch.tv, of course, and Facebook. I will see you again on Wednesday. Thank you much. Thanks for the likes and subscribes. And uh, yeah, that's it. This is the Jay Sheldon Show. Yeah.